With KSOM, KS95 News, I'm Tom Robinson. A winter storm impacted portions of southwest, northern, and central Iowa this morning. This late-season winter storm is bringing wintry precipitation to the state from the southwest to the northeast today. Meanwhile, the Cass County area received a little bit more snow than expected this morning, close to four inches. But Cass County Secondary Roads crews have been out in full force to clear the roadways. Cass County Engineer Trent Wolken. Our plows have been out on all our paved routes, and we're on at least our second round of plowing so far. And we'll maintain plowing those until they're clear. We're going to be out on the gravel roads today, too, uh, trying to clear them as soon as soon as possible uh we may not get to every gravel road today some may end up being tomorrow but we're trying to make a pass through the whole county Wilkins said there is some ice underneath the heavy snow and once they get the snow off they will treat the ice and with the temperatures uh, rising above freezing they should be able to take care of that ice pretty quickly he reminds everyone to drive safely Meanwhile, a Creston woman suffered possible minor injuries in a single vehicle crash this morning. The Union County Sheriff's Office says 55-year-old Sandra Sickles was driving a 2008 Chevy Tahoe east on Highway 34 when she struck the guardrail of a bridge. Sickles lost control of the Tahoe, leading it to go off the road onto the north side. The Tahoe ended up on its driver's side of the ditch with airbags deployed. Sickles stated she had a sore head but denied medical treatment from EMS. She then stated that she would go to Greater Regional Medical Center to be checked out. Two public measures were passed by voters this week in the Exira EHK School District. Ben Blake has a story. Superintendent Trevor Miller explains they combined the revenue purpose statement with the voter-approved PEPL. We had to renew our revenue purpose statement with our saved money. It had to be done by 2029, but we put it on the same ballot as our voter-approved PEPL. Um, the voter-approved PEPL is just to renew every 10 years. you got to take it back out to the taxpayers because uh, it is a property tax and have it renewed. Uh, so we thought we'd get them both done at one time. Miller looks ahead to some potential projects. Possibly changing our middle school setup, make it extra classrooms instead of the wide open space, you know, making looking at secure and safe entrances instead of, you know, just getting buzzed in. And just some other things, you know, as the buildings get older, they need done. So it's really great to see roughly about 84, 85% of voters said yes on that. The voter PEPU will be in place for the next 10 years. Miller says it's very positive for the district. I'm Bennett Blake reporting. At Wednesday's meeting, the Atlantic School Board approved the plans, specifications, form of contract, and the low bid for the Washington Elementary Playground Improvement Project. Snyder Associates, engineers for the project, presented two bids to the board. Precision Concrete of Atlantic submitted a bid of $595,500. Caliber Concrete of Adair bid $579,442. Both bids came in well under the engineer's estimate. The board approved a caliber concrete's low bid. Dave Stern from Snyder and Associates says the goal is to complete the project before the start of the 2023-2024 school year. And we had conversations with him right after the bid letting, and he was excited, ready to go. Um, sounds like the drop time on the playground equipment itself is 12 weeks, he said. So if you guys approve this tonight, I think he was going to go ahead and just get it ordered. And that sounds like it would be about June or July when it would get here. And he felt pretty confident he's going to make every effort to get this done before school starts. So that was good news to hear us as well. So. The Atlantic School Board passed a resolution to consider continued participation in the instructional support levy and set a public hearing for March 29th at 5.30 p.m. 
The current ISL expires on June 30th, 2024. The five-year renewal would expire on June 30th, 2029. These dollars help support the classroom curriculum. The district will receive $748,572 in the fiscal year 2023. Additionally, the school board approved the physical plan and equipment levy for 33 cents. The money is used for building repairs, vehicles, and technology. And the board approved a boys' soccer agreement with Exabra, EHK, and CAM. Atlantic will be the host school. Joey Norris, Housing Steering Committee Coordinator, appeared in front of the Red Oak City Council on Monday. The Rural Housing Readiness Assessment is a collaboration between the Montgomery County Development Corporation, the City of Red Oak, ISU Extension, and Iowa Economic Development. It's intended to be a tool to help Red Oak assess our housing needs and then guide the decision-making process to address those needs. Norris says 532 residents responded to a survey sent out last summer about 10% of the city's population. So the key takeaways from this process on the demographics are median household income in Red Oak after taxes is about $54,000. So when you when you look at affordability for housing, it's about a third of your income to go to, can go to housing, 30%. And so that means affordability in Red Oak is about $1,300 a month, all told for housing. That's your mortgage, your rent, utilities, insurance, everything put together, about $1,300. Um, our per unit valuation for new construction in Red Oak doubled from 2000. So everybody feels like housing costs are going up. It was true in the demographics. Um, and the estimated average housing value in Red Oak is about $77,000. And Norris says non-residents responding to the question, what would it take for you to move to Red Oak? The answer was existing family housing, not new construction or rentals. So that means that it indicates that the housing that we do have is affordable in the eyes of, of that 30%. Mark on, on the beginning of that. Norris says 80% of the survey respondents evaluated their housing as excellent or good. 75% said they would participate in an exterior improvement program, and 50% were unaware of the city's rental inspection program. Norris says some of the goals include categorizing housing inventory and developers, identify possible grants, design housing incentives, and secure funding, and create a revolving loan fund. Other plans are to update the city codes, ordinances, and zoning, evaluate and expand the city's infrastructure, and establish a leadership roundtable. The Deer County Board of Supervisors on Wednesday approved a resolution to withdraw from workforce innovation. Board Chair Jerry Walker said eight supervisors in Southwest Iowa voted last week to withdraw from the 2080 agreement with the state of Iowa and refuse the funding for 2023. As of 2021, they had 400 and some thousand dollars given to them. And if everything goes as it's been going this year, 276,000 of it has to be sent back to the state unspent. And in 2022, they got 430,000 and they've got to have 80% of it spent by the 1st of July and not one penny of it's been spent yet. Every bit of it's still in the account down there. there nothing is happening with workforce. So the state's going to come in and take it over. So either had to realign or dissolve. Walker said the 18 counties in western Iowa have already withdrawn. And so far, there are 42 counties that have pulled out of workforce and are going to turn it back over to the state. More news on the web at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Tom Robinson. Have a great afternoon.